I was working as a carpenter in the Gisborne district when the war began. The day after it was declared I joined the army. I was keen as mustard. I belonged to the Territorials and we all had a little of the wild colonial spirit. It seemed to be born in us. And any war that involved the mother country, England, we wanted to be in it. Our country, right or wrong, we wanted to fight for it. I remember us cursing and swearing when we finally got to Gallipoli because the Australians were landed first on April the 25th. We could see the fight up in the hills, but we had to sit on our ship fuming until we were put ashore the next morning. Apart from a few shots falling, we landed safely and got into a small gully. Finally, we were moved to Quinn's post. The Australians had been holding Quinn's and gave us to understand it was a pretty torrid place. You were in danger anywhere there. No one was safe with the Turks 20 yards off. Someone was always getting shot, killed or wounded. You would get that tired sometimes that you could hardly stand up and at night time when you were standing too, you would try, uh, you'd sell your soul for an hour's sleep. There was always something happening at Quinn's. They were undermining us with explosives or we were undermining theirs. The, the, the Turks tried to train a mounting gun on us. I watched what they were doing through the sight of my periscope rifle. We let them get it properly installed and fire three shells and then we got stuck in. Two of us and cleaned out the whole band of five Turks with the mounting gun. We never heard from it again. I knew I'd killed. It was them or me. You did the best you could. You, you thought it all out calmly, callously almost. I was in a special detachment of six snipers. We would move round into different little positions where we might get a shot in at the Turks. You got that good, you could shoot the left eye out of a fly. You could pick out anything you wanted to. We'd shoot at the top of Turk loopholes to bring down dirt and widen them up to shoot better at the Turks behind them. We split bullets in the way we, we weren't supposed to, as, as, as dum-dums, so that when it struck, it branched out and made an even bigger mess. The Wellington Battalion had a very good reputation for its snipers at Quinn's. Another thing that gave us a good reputation was Colonel Malone. The men respected him. He never denied himself anything. He got into the battle, same as anyone else, and that's why he got killed in the finish. He got schooled up, hardened. You see your mate stop one and you might say, hell, I've copped it. I've got this, what's wrong? If you were near, you'd give him a hand to patch up his wound. Oh, I was intensely interested in my own wound when I got it. You take it all unless you're badly knocked. Chunuk Bear was where I was knocked in, in August. The Wellington Infantry went up Rhododendron Ridge in the dark after the Maoris and mounted to clear the ground at, at half past two in the morning. We went over Chanak Bear and, and down beyond it to a little bit of flat. It was considered to be a good place to dig in. There were just a few odd shots coming in from snipers. We were living in anticipation, right in Turk territory, waiting to see what happened. As light came, we could see the narrows, the Dardanelles, quite plainly from there. I said to one of my mates, I wonder if we can make it down to those narrows. It was exciting to see the narrows. We could have gone right through and, and cut the north of the peninsula from the south. Mind you, it's just as well we didn't. 
We could have had Turks coming at us from two sides. Uh, another thing I saw was a Turk transport about 800 yards off. I thought, well, that's good enough for shooting. I'll try myself out. Oh, I went down 60 yards in front of our position and put in several shots at that transport. I must have been getting onto it because they, they went in round the brow of the hill and, and stopped there. I decided I'd better get back to the men digging in. All of a sudden, to my to my left, a, a Turk came out and lay down and started firing at me. I had to move, uh, to back move the whole time while I fired at him. Then another one came out, and another, and another, until I had about six men firing at me while I was back moving. My only chance was to fire for number one, fire for number six, back to number three, number four, and make the fire erratic, and I said prayers. That was the way I got back to the battalion to report to an officer. I said, they are coming thick now. I didn't know it, but those shots fired at me with the start of the battle for Chanuk Bear. The officer told men to drop their trenching tools and grab their rifles and get stuck in. Things happened very quick from then on. Some 50 Turks about 60 yards off seemed to be having a go at our left flank. And at least half a dozen Turks had got over to our right flank and got behind a hedge about 80 yards away and, and they were pumping away at us and, and having a glorious time. They were, they were hard to see. The only way you could detect them was by the shaking of leaves as they fired. So you, you watched for the shaking and you fired back, making allowances for the distance between the point of the Turk rifle and the man behind it. You couldn't forget those details. The Turks kept making pretty merry for an hour or two with us shooting back and then things fairly flared up all of a sudden. More and more Turks arrived and the battle got worse and worse. Our trench was only 18 inches deep with earth thrown up in front. It hardly counted as cover. There was a dead Turk in front of me, at least a 12-stone man, and I got hold of him with one hand and slewed him round pulled him in front of us and used him for cover. I was only ten stone, yet I shifted him with one hand. Phenomenal strength comes out on occasions like that. We were getting hit in all directions. When you were wounded, the only thing to do was try and get out of it. I got donged in the foot. A bullet exploded in the arch, uh, taking a lump of it away. I was assisted out by a sniper while I was hopping along looking for somewhere to hide. When he got me to this gully, there were about 300 wounded lying around. The sun was hot. Temperature was about 130 degrees. We were there all day, more and more wounded, without even a drink of water. No one was looking after us. As the day went on, you would get no reply from men, mates you'd been speaking to just before. They were dead or dying. They just grew silent. The, the wounded were very, very bad. As nightfall came, I, I said to a mate of mine, Charlie Clark, well, I'm getting out of this one way or the other. Charlie had a piece blown out of his leg and I had a piece blown out of my foot. So we started to crawl out of this gully and, and down Chanuk Bear. We were hurried along by the shrapnel falling. We stuck it out, crawling little by little all the way back to the base. We got in about midnight. Our ambulance boys fixed us up. I remember the iodine burning into my wound. Something to make your hair stand on end. It would probably save my foot. 
It took 18 months to get all the bits of bone and metal out. I tried not to moan with the iodine. Good soldiers don't moan. They take what comes along. All the men we left behind in that gully when we started crawling down from Chanak Bear died there. Quite a number of my own company men were in that gully. We know they died there. There wasn't shelter from shrapnel in that gully. You had to do for yourself. Save yourself if you could. That's what Charlie and I did that day. We looked after ourselves. We were the only ones to survive from that 300 in the gully. The only ones to make it out. We heard nothing had happened in Suvla Bay where the British had landed. We looked down and saw no movement or advance at all. New Zealanders did a fair amount of swearing. They were swearing at the system, the whole thing, at the waste of 3,000 New Zealand lives. We had no respect for our General Godley. He was an old English regular who came out to New Zealand years before. We just considered him a bumptious ass. He had no respect for the human being at all, and he was army from A to Z. He had no tact, and he was universally hated, and I am just being truthful. He was absolutely hated. More than the Turks. I left Gallipoli using a, a rifle for a crutch. I was 18 months in England where they tried to sew my foot up again before I was returned home. I had three years in hospitals altogether. Still walking on that foot. I suppose I felt more a New Zealander when I came back. Yes, I did. You were comrades in arms. That is something you can't explain. And, and when you get back to your own country, become married and settle down with your families, that feeling simply grows and it has that effect upon the whole community, I should think. I wouldn't have missed Gallipoli for anything. Wound or no wound. <laughs>